Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, indeed. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed we are. My thanks to Jim Kelly was with us earlier today. I think I softened the blow of his beloved Bills losing another heartbreaker uh, by sending him those stakes. Again, we have to figure out a new wager. <laughs> the idea that I'm going to bet him that the Jets are going to beat the Bills twice and, and we have no odds... <laughs> And I got to send him four stakes from Peter Luger is just ridiculous. The sucker's bet, frankly. Um, I don't even. What would that be the equivalent of? I mean, that, that would be like, like like me saying I'll take a one to one wager on the Jets winning the Super Bowl next year, right? Like, <laughs> walk into Vegas, be like, I'll bet a thousand dollars on that, and if I win, I get a thousand dollars. Just give us a charity, All right? <laughs> exactly yeah. right. You might as well or set fire to it. Um, but anyway, we're in a whole different thing here. So I told you, if you're just joining us, Jeff Passan has a really good column. Because today is the end of something very important. It's the end of an incredibly significant chapter in sports history. Today is the final day that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are eligible on the writer's ballots to be voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And this is, again, this has been a topic now in the sport. You don't need me to tell you for 20 years. And Mike and I spent a lot of time talking about this in the early 2000s. And we have been, I have been very much into this story. My opinions on this have changed multiple times. Um, They have evolved over the course of time. And we find ourselves here. Jeff Passan writes a column in which he says, and I've posted it on my page at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, if you want to read it along with it, in which he says, if Barry Bonds doesn't get in today, it is a failure. Now, Hembo, you've already given your opinion on this. But for those who haven't read the piece, how would you summarize Jeff's take on why it would be a failure. It would be a failure because all of us watched Barry Bonds have the best career that any of us have ever seen. It is the job of uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame to preserve its history. And what good is Baseball's Hall of Fame if the player that hit more home runs than any other is not celebrated in it? So one of the ways you could say that is Chris Carter, when he first got into the Hall of Fame, and I were talking about this, and he said that someone had said to him, The dividing line, the line of delineation for a Hall of Famer is, can you tell the story of the sports history without him? Mm. Well, if we're going to go by that standard of measure, then clearly you can't tell the story of the history of baseball without Barry Bonds. But you brought up a good point, which is the Hall of Fame is two things at once. It is a commemoration of the history of the game. It is a museum that is meant to showcase the history of the game. And as you correctly pointed out, There are any number of ways in which Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and every other player we've talked about here are represented there. So that history is being preserved. Being voted into the Hall of Fame is different. It's not about no one, I think, who is being intellectually honest with you can say being voted as a Hall of Famer, being named a Hall of Famer is just about telling the story of the history of the sport. It is the highest honor that you can grant upon a player. So I fully understand people whose position is, if you cheated while playing the game, I'm not bestowing upon you the highest honor in the sport. That was my position once upon a time. When this all first came up, I said, keep them all out. I'm not voting. I I don't have a vote, but I wouldn't vote for any of them because they have disgraced the game. And if you would cheat at the game, then you don't love it the way you say you do. And here's why my opinion evolved. Because what I came to understand over years of covering this is that this was not 
about a few bad actors who were cheating the game. This was rampant in the sport. There was a keeping up with the Joneses mentality. And I fully accept now the mentality of a player that said the following, I know this is wrong, but I need to do it or I will not be able to compete. That is a position players should never have been put in. If they were never put in that position, then I would be all in favor of keeping out Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod, anyone else you want. But that is not the position. And that is where my opinion on this evolved. So I do believe Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens belong in the Hall of Fame. And to a degree, I do believe it is a failure if you do not put them in. Because I think what you were then saying is, I am selectively choosing these people when I don't know about others. I'm not going to say any names in this because it's not fair to them. But there are players in the Hall of Fame that we suspect may have used steroids. We don't know the answer in the same way that we don't know the answers about so many others. There are a select few. We do know the answers. But to me, that is a line that you are drawing that is not a reasonable one. You're saying, well, I know Bonds did it, or at least I think I know Bonds did it, so I'm keeping him out. But this guy, and again, I don't want to attach names to this, but you all know who we're talking about. This guy, I kind of think he might have, but I don't have proof, so I voted for him. That's not reasonable to me. That doesn't make sense to me. So unless you didn't vote for basically any player whose prime took place during the steroid era, then in my opinion, you have to vote for these guys. That's what I think of this. Now, I've said that. Let me address something Bubba said a moment ago. Because I have had many conversations with the former commissioner of Major League Baseball, Bud Selig, a man with whom I, I, I have a, good, a very good relationship and someone I have great respect for. He is in the Hall of Fame. He was placed in the Hall Placed is not the right word. He was, what's the word? Because he's not really elected to the Hall of Fame. Enshrined? He is a Hall of Famer. He goes through a different process. There's a different way. The writers don't vote on him. I understand the writers being put off by that. Like, you're, you're telling us we got to make decisions on these guys, but then others just go in. Here's what I will tell you. That Bud Selig and I had many conversations about the notion that he, quote, turned the other way. That he, quote, knew and didn't do anything about it. I just think it is fair, for the purposes of this, to say that he will vociferously dispute that, and will offer any number of reasons why it's not fair to say that about him. Now, it's up to you to decide whether you buy that or not. Those are conversations I've had with him. You are welcome to think whatever you want. I'm not his PR representative. I'm, I'm merely passing that along. I do think that what happened was there was a period of time in baseball where this started to become increasingly obvious, and there was a level of paralysis that took over. I do not believe that there was a meeting in which the people who run Major League Baseball said, you know, this is really good for business. Let's let them keep doing it. I don't believe that. I could be wrong, but I don't believe that took place. Do I think there might have been a few people, maybe some owners or others? I remember Steve Phillips one time hosting Mike and Mike with me once said to me, my position on, he was the GM of the Mets when this was going on. He said, my position on steroids was, I don't want anyone to do it. But if other teams' guys are doing it, I want my guys doing it. See, I think that was what was going on in the sport. So that's where you point the finger at the commissioner and you say, it was your job to shut this thing down. The problem is, I don't think at the time the, 
the issue was fully understood. There's a lot of revisionist history with that going on here. And I think there is a feeling that now, in hindsight, in retrospect, when we know as much as we know, that the people inside must have known it then and just didn't do anything about it. I don't think that's the case. I really don't. Of course, I could be wrong, and I'll never know. But that's my position on it. So that's why I don't have any problem with Bud being in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he willfully turned a blind eye to an obvious problem. I think the magnitude of the problem was not nearly as obvious in the moment as it was in hindsight. Because I was covering sports in 1997. I watched Barry, um, excuse me, uh, Mark McGuire and, and, um, and Sammy Sosa hit all those home runs. We didn't talk about it. Where were all the people at that time saying, steroids are the reason for this. Look at McGuire. Look how big he is. Look at Sammy. Look how big he got. Look how small he was. I remember when Sammy Sosa came up with the White Sox. He weighed like eight pounds. You ever seen pictures of what Sammy Sosa looked like when he first came up? He was listed at 160 pounds. He was skinnier than I am. (laughs) Skinnier than I am. And then one year he came back and he was a freaking bodybuilder. But you know what we didn't talk about then? That. The next thing you knew, he was hitting home runs in bunches and we were just cheering. So I think it is not reasonable to say we all should have known. We all should have done something. You know what? We didn't. It, it didn't happen overnight. It, it came on and it became a huge problem. And no one ever got their arms around it until it was too late to mar an era of the sports history. But now to just pretend that era didn't happen, it's not reasonable. It doesn't make logical sense to me. So I agree with Jeff that if they keep these two guys out, and I believe they're going to, I do believe that will be a failure. I don't think that's an inappropriate word to use. You know what? I'm going to throw the I wasn't planning to do this. Let's do calls on this. You like that, Nuno? If we do calls on this, let's throw them open. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It wasn't what I was planning to do here, but it feels like something people will want to weigh in on. Let's see how that goes. Uh, What do you think? Will it be a failure, or do you have an entirely different perspective? If and when these guys don't get in today, 888-SAY-ESPN. You know, the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Your call's next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Again, today is the end of a chapter, a really interesting and important chapter in American sports history in which Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens either will or will not get into the Hall of Fame. It is their last opportunity on this ballot. And in its own way, that feels like the end of a big part of this steroid era. Like that, that's sort of the, what's the word they use? Uh, getting closure on something and then maybe there's that. So Jeff Passan wrote a column saying it'll be a failure 
if these guys don't, don't get in, we've all weighed in with our opinion. Hembo, you brought up another quick thing during the break before I get to the calls. Well, Bubba mentioned how <clears throat> since Bud Selig is in, it's very difficult to leave out Bonds and Clemens because, of course, he was the commissioner during much of this time. But I think, well, I think it is fair to be critical of Bud and perhaps turning a blind eye, however you choose to, to, to say so. You also then have to be critical of the union for allowing baseball to go so long before putting together a joint drug agreement. It was the last of the major sports. The Olympics were you know, was far ahead of that. So that's definitely a part of it. The players didn't protect themselves. And many of the same writers who wrote glowingly about these players at the time, who didn't care at all to uh, investigate any of this, are voting against or, or choosing not to vote these players into the Hall of Fame too. So it's not just Bud, it's also the union, and it's also the writers. This is a, a nuanced and complicated problem, and to point the finger at Bud Selig exclusively to me is, is just missing the forest through the yeah. tree. So that, that's what I just said. Again, I, I, I know the commissioner and I like him. I'm not his PR representative. If you want to believe, you believe whatever you want to believe. It's not my job to tell you what you should or shouldn't think. But that's one of the things that I have long held. One way or another, the phones are open. 888-SAY-ESPN. Do you believe it's a failure if those guys don't get in today? Bubba, who's first up? Uh, we got First up is Mark. Mark, you're on ESPN Radio. Mark, what do you think? I agree. Uh, I've got to take it from the athlete side of this. So I agree with what Hembo just said. Fantastic. And yourself. But from the athlete side of this, you still got to put the work in. If these riders know so much about steroids, go to the gym, put the extra time in. It's got to link up with your body. It doesn't work for everybody. I so understand. the guys who did it were keeping up with the Smith and Joneses. I agree with that. I did it. I took them to stay up with guys who were bigger, stronger, faster. Right? But to your point, they turned a blind eye. I'm not pointing blame anywhere. I'm just saying, don't fit, take these guys out because there were a whole lot of guys who did it who didn't have the same careers, but at least tried, but it didn't work for them. That, that, that's reasonable. It, I don't think anyone, well, I shouldn't speak for anyone, under no circumstances would I say, well, anyone could have used steroids and become a great baseball player. I don't think anyone in their right minds think that. All of his natural ability, all of the hard work, everything else, no one's questioning that part. Um, but I understand the point that you're making. Yes, it it. it, it Clearly, it's not just about that. Let's go to the who's, who's next, Bubba. Next up is Bob. All right, Bob, you're on ESPN Radio. Bob, what's your take? Greeny, first of all, I, I don't think they should be in the Hall of Fame. But more importantly, I, I'm 52, and so I, I was in my late 20s when this whole steroid era was going on. And you're in complete denial if you if, and sticking your head in the sand to think you didn't know steroids was being used. In, in, in sports and especially in Major League Baseball. Everyone knew it, but the media chose to ignore it. You know, I don't, I honestly, I have no stake in defending the media. I, I would say I was a member of the media while this happened. I, I was covering baseball regularly in the mid-90s. This was not a topic of conversation. Like, maybe some people had it. I was never involved in that topic of conversation, and I can tell you that during the heroic home run chase, and I, and I now think about what those pictures look like. Like, when you go back and look at film, it was 97, right, that those guys hit those home runs? 98. 98. 98. In 98, you think about that, and you think about stories about how people were reacting to it, and everyone was stopping to watch the home runs and everything else. People weren't talking about it. That's just not right. Maybe you were talking about it. I'm not suggesting no one was talking about it. But it wasn't front and center. It wasn't like there were 
talk show hosts like myself screaming and railing. We have a terrible thing going on here in baseball. If that was happening, I wasn't hearing it. Now, was there a, a willful deniability to this? Were there writers who purposely did? I don't know. I don't know them all. I, I don't know the answer to that. We're going to have Buster on and Jeff Passon on the TV show tomorrow. I'm going to have Buster here tomorrow as well to react to whatever it is that happens one way or the other. So I'll ask him that question. But I, I think there was a, a gr- this is just one person's opinion. There was a greater lack of understanding of the magnitude of the problem than now seems to make sense. Like when you look back on something, it's so easy to say, oh my God, it was so prevalent. Everyone was doing it. Everyone must have known it. I don't think everyone knew it. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm hopelessly naive, but I don't think everyone knew it. We'll talk about that more later. Uh, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Calvin. Calvin, should these guys be in the Hall of Fame? Greeny, love the show. I got to say, the summer of the chase resurrected baseball after the strike in 94. Mm -hmm. All of these guys belong in the Hall of Fame. Bonds has the record for home runs. Give him an asterisk. I don't care, but he needs to be in the hall. Yeah, I'm with that. If you want to put something on the plaque that that points out that he was, did he actually, he never actually tested positive, right? There's just overwhelming circumstantial evidence (laughs) that put on the plaque that his uh, hat size grew multiple sizes when he was in his 30s because his head got so much bigger. Uh, the, the, The point of it is, what was the first thing he said there that I wanted to react to? It jumped out of my head as I tried to make that joke. That the, uh, the, the, the resurrected the game. Back. Oh, yeah. Strike. Look, the, 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 the World Series is canceled in 94. They come back. Ripken breaks the record. Was it, it, was, it was September 6th of 96? Ripken was 95. 95. So the first year back, Ripken breaks that record. Then uh, Sosa and McGuire go on their home run rampage. There were commercials for the sport in which the tagline was, and I quote, Chicks dig the long ball. Like, this is how the sport was being packaged and sold. And I'm here to tell you, there wasn't an outcry. Like, like I think there's a lot of revisionist history with this. There, I'm not suggesting no one was saying it. I know you can dig up a story that was in the Times or something on the Wall Street Journal. I, I, I'm not saying no one said it. I'm saying this was not a front and center topic of conversation. I was there when Ted Koppel came and did Nightline from Sarasota, Florida, when Michael Jordan was trying to play baseball. That was in 1995. Ted Koppel wasn't there to do a a nightline because there was a major performance-enhancing drug problem in baseball. This thing didn't break open until Jose Canseco wrote a book. Jose Canseco's book, Juiced, changed everything. I distinctly remember those conversations. Mike and I were in Canada. We were in Toronto when that book came out. We were there shooting a TV show. I forget what the heck, the, what was the name of it? Playmakers, whatever that show was we had on ESPN for a while. Mike and I did cameos in that. And we're up there. And it happened to be the same time that they called off the hockey season that year. And people were, they were literally like flying flags at half mast. They were losing their minds in Toronto about the hockey playoffs being called off. And the next thing you know, a book comes out called Juiced by Jose Canseco. And it changed everything. Everything. So if you want to go back and pinpoint the moment the steroid thing changed, it was that book. Do you agree with that? Yes, I, I do agree with that. That was 2005. And to think about the timeline of this, baseball did not even begin testing or anything of the kind until 2002, August of 2002, four years after the chase, and then a year after Barry Bonds broke McGuire's record. It had been that long before they even begun testing. So to me, the line, the line that I make 
is anything before 2003 and everything after 2003 because before 2003, as far as I'm concerned, it was the Wild West. Yeah, the idea that there was a willful ignorance in this, while again, I'm not suggesting it wasn't, that isn't true in some places, I do not think it was the overwhelming reaction of most fans. Let's do one more. Go ahead, uh, Bubba, give me one more. Yeah, we got Bert. Bert, you get the last word on this. Yay or nay on the Hall of Fame? Absolutely not. Because? Because. Well, first of all, if Pete Rose isn't in, he's one of the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to keep him out because of something that he did after his playing day. Right. Versus guys that chose, like A-Rod, to do on ESPN. He went on there crying, saying he made a you know quarter-billion-dollar mistake. Yeah. There's absolutely no mistake in taking steroids. It's an actual decision that you make. And then the next thing is, if we're actually thinking about the sanctity of the sport, then we need to be protecting it by the kids that are watching now. What do they think is acceptable? And if we're saying that if everybody's cheating, it's acceptable, then we're setting a very bad uh, example for them. I understand generation. that. I understand that. But, but that isn't the case. Like, I don't think we're anymore saying it's acceptable. If what you're arguing is that glorifying those guys by giving them the highest honor the sport can have is sending a mixed message relative to how dangerous or bad or whatever the sport uh, steroids are, I get that. I think that is a reasonable position to take. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, so there's something that was said last Friday that we never got to because it was said after we wrapped up this show. And then the weekend came and we had the best weekend of football in the history of the sport. So it got buried underneath that. But it should not be left out that Jerry Jones went off on his own coach last Friday. I'm going to tie that together with another story. The other story is that yesterday, the owner of the New Orleans Saints, Gail Benson, was asked about the future of head coach Sean Payton and said, quote, I don't think any of us know, but he'll let us know soon enough. You've probably seen that story that's out there that Sean Payton has not committed to returning to New Orleans. Tie that together with Jerry Jones last week on 105.3 The Fan talking about his, quote, pet peeves. Listen to this. Now, let me be real clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the pet peeves I have is that I don't like this, well, we've got to work on this in the offseason. We've got to work on this. Uh, I want those things recognized and addressed after we play Tampa, after the first game or after we play the sixth game. I don't want to wait until we're sitting here uh, with no season left to address these things we're doing or not doing. But the uh, ultimate decision on these coaches or in anywhere around here is one that I have to make. Okay. So that is Jerry saying what he should be saying. 
which is the time to solve Mike McCarthy's problems was before they cost you the season. And the idea that we all well, just go into the offseason and let Mike McCarthy work on this stuff. What has he done that gives you the impression that he's worth that? Right now, his defensive coordinator is being interviewed by every team in the NFL for a head coaching job. If McCarthy were available, would anyone hire him? Anyone. Not a chance. So if you're Jerry, that's your coach? You can look your players and your fans in the eye and say, this is the best I can do? Come on, I don't know, Mike McCarthy, my hole in the wall. I don't want to sit here and rave, but the reality is you're you're judged based on your job experience or your job performance. And his has been terrible all year. That is a badly coached football team. And here's the ultimate indictment of them. And I'll ask Bubba, who is the biggest Cowboy fan I know. Bubba, if the Dallas Cowboys of October played the Dallas Cowboys of December, who would win that game? Well, it would probably just be a, a scoreless tie. <laughs> no, I mean, it would not. No. Um, yeah, well. That, the Dallas Cowboys in October would kick the Yeah, they were, they were far better. Them. Yeah, they were far better in the beginning. That's the point. Yeah. Because that I, team got worse as the season went on. And there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with what Jerry said. I don't understand why it's it shouldn't even be controversial at all. I It's a... The fact that he even had to say it is crazy. I mean, it's it got to be incredibly frustrating to hear McCarthy be like, "All right, we're going to fix all these things." What have you been doing all year? Like, why would you wait till now to fix that? Like, it's 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 crazy that we had to wait for all this to happen. But the only reason it's controversial is because he didn't fire the coach. Yeah, or I mean, I guess I guess the the only frustrating thing is what would you know? I assume Jerry and McCarthy have been talking all year, so wouldn't you be like? You know, in your conversations, all right, you guys fixing this? What are you working on? You know, like that's, I guess that's kind of the frustrating thing from the Jerry perspective is wouldn't you be on McCarthy to get this stuff fixed? Like you should know he's about to, you know, he's going to say these things. It shouldn't be a surprise to you. You think Sean Payton's going to be your next coach? Uh, I I do, but I, I think it'll be next year. Not So not this coming year. I think he's going to sit out a year, do TV. And then come back. That, that's certainly a possibility. Which I'm fine with. If we're stuck with McCarthy for another year, whatever. But then if you give give me a, a rested and recharged Sean Payton, I'm, I mean, you can't get any better than that. I'm with that. The problem is, I don't know that I want to wait a year. Like, whoever you're going to get. Th- this is a championship window. And it doesn't stay open forever. As it is, they're going to lose a bunch of people. You're going to lose your defensive coordinator. You're probably going to lose Amari Cooper. You're probably going to lose Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Zeke Elliott is, I don't know, if he's not already done, he's getting closer and closer to it. Like the time to win was already before this. I'm not waiting two years. So if I'm him, I'm seriously considering making this move. I mean, but if you can get him now, sure. Yeah. I'm if not you saying, can get him, I just feel like if I just think it sounds like just the basic stuff you hear is Sean maybe taking a year off but no i mean if, if all things are equal i want sean right now but yeah might definitely do. I'm, i mean take him over mccarthy any day of the week i mean I, i'd take dan quinn over mccarthy right now that's a little that's a, it's a little surprising that people are saying that why isn't jerry firing mccarthy just to keep dan quinn and clearly he doesn't believe enough in, in dan quinn i guess that's the point is that if he was going to do that it would already have been done right exactly so is- th- but that begs the question did jerry want quinn or did Quinn not want the job? Which is to say, if right. you're Dan Quinn, you know you've got all these other offers and interest, and he's going to get a job. Sure. 
is working for Jerry, which a lot of people think is complicated. Does Dan Quinn, who has head coaching experience, so he knows the ins and outs of this stuff, is it possible Jerry talked to him about it and he turned it down? Is that possible, Bubs? I I can't imagine. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess it's possible. I can't imagine though. I would, th- but I guess he he would know better than any other person the inner workings of the team right now. That's so, what I mean. So I mean, if well, you have a chance to go be the, I'm just making this up. The coach of the Bears, the coach of the right. Who where is this? He, uh, Bron- the, Bron- the, Bronco- Broncos the Broncos are the, be is the, the best job, yeah. right? Broncos so is that job better than the Cowboys' job if they were to get Aaron Rodgers? Right. I think that's the only reason you wouldn't take the Cowboys' job because as bad as that dysfunction or we joke about the dysfunction with the Cowboys that's still the better job out of pretty much every other job that's available right now now they have better players I mean th- there are other ways to gauge a job but yes they unless, have better he, players. unless he was really that turned off by I mean Jerry, by Jerry and some of that stuff yeah which you know week in and week out seeing Jerry, maybe that's possible yeah. Hembo final word well Edward came on this show last week and talked about how Sean Payton sneaking through the Cowboys fingers and getting away from them but 15 20 years ago now was is still something that Jerry hates. I have to imagine if there is any opportunity to secure Sean Payton, he'll do so, and he'll do so as as fast as he possibly can. I agree with you on the roster. If he was coaching that team this year, they would be playing next weekend. Okay, but there's one more thing I wanted to get in today, and it is a Cowboys-related story. It is Cowboys-adjacent. Something I just want you to know. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Baba, are you aware of the story I'm about to tell? So one of the yes. things one of the things that happened during the Cowboys' historic loss to the 49ers was that a crying girl became a meme. You've seen it. Everyone has no, seen Stephen it. Stephen A. was all over it. This is a girl in the stands crying. A woman, I shouldn't say girl. A, a crying female, I think, is, is, I don't know how old she is. But, I mean, she's not a kid. So a woman in the stands, a Cowboy fan, is crying. And she's being consoled. By some fellow. She's got some guy sitting there with her, and he's consoling her. And this meme goes viral. They get captured on television, and um, most people listening have probably been in a football stadium in your life. Frequently, you're on camera, and you don't know it. That may well have been the case here. Because this woman is crying, and she's being consoled by this dude. That picture was subsequently posted on social media, And the woman who posts it writes, Hi, everyone. This is my trash ex-boyfriend who is a serial cheater, and that is his side chick. We are no longer together, but he continues to lie all day, every day, just like he lied about this trip when he swore it was a guy's trip. He also told me he had cut this girl off, but clearly that was another lie. So let's consider. This idiot is lying to his girlfriend, lying, cheating, tells her it's a guy's trip, lies, cheats, takes another woman to a football game, and how many people fit in that stadium? 60,000. What are you talking about? No, Jerry like, World's like 100,000. No, no way. Yes. What are you, well, no, yes, you it's just the biggest stadium on planet Earth. It, I think you could put like four cities in 80,000 at uh, AT&T. 80,000 people. Okay. But 80 is like just with seats. You can get up to 100. They with, have a yeah. million. Remember all the people? Run, well, whatever. Let's not sidetrack ourselves. <laughs> the fact you guess 60 is embarrassing. The odds remain not in your favor of being shown on television if you attend that game as a spectator. <laughs> I mean, 
That's pretty unlucky. Now, I have no sympathy for this dude if he's lying and cheating and all that. Like, I guess you could say he got what he deserved. But as we consider this moment, when do you think he discovered this had happened and what do you think his reaction was? Like, do you think his phone blows up immediately with people saying, Oh, absolutely. Hey, you're, they just showed you on TV. They just showed you on TV. They just showed you on TV. But that's not enough because if they just show you on TV, your ex-girlfriend or soon-to-be ex-girlfriend could easily miss that. Like, you don't, A, not everyone's watching the football game. I have no idea if his ex-girlfriend is a sports fan or not. B, even if you are, you can miss a, a cutaway to the stands. What this required was not only for them to be shown on TV, <laughs> but for the woman to be crying in such a way that it becomes a meme that is seen by millions and millions of people. What are the chances of that happening to you at a football game? I ask you. This is like the, this is like the most watched. It was 40 million people. It's like a presidential debate. That's correct. Oh, it's way more than a presidential <laughs> debate. But 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 but, but, you, but do you understand what I'm asking? Yes, of course. No matter how many people are watching on television, what are the odds that out of the 80 or so thousand people that are there, you're going to be the one who A, gets shown on camera, and B, that shot is so memorable that it becomes a widely circulated meme, and you get caught in your web of lies and deception that way. It's us. Nuno, what is your reaction well, to this story? There's two things that we have to remember. One is that during that game, uh, crowd reactions became a thing on Twitter uh, where they were people were just tweeting them. And two, this guy, like if you were going to go bring your, you know, your side chick to a game, don't wear two chains. This guy literally <laughs> has like a silver chain and then like a gold chain. Where, so he makes himself like stick out. And it's just you put this on yourself. I get it. And his ex was not watching the game. She said later in her post that people just kept sending her oh. the photo. So you're right. All it, all he just all he needed to tell her was don't make a scene. Don't make sure we whatever don't you do, don't cry so <laughs> tragically <laughs> to the side. Well, I don't like that term. Yes. To, but 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 to the to the woman he's cheating with. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> do we have to blame? Does the north that little northwestern kid who was he the one that started all this? Because remember a couple years the ago, crying northwestern. Yeah, the north yes. crying he's, northwestern. He's the son kid. of the athletic director. And, and now yes. all of a sudden it became the <laughs> oh, thing. That's right? what it was. <laughs> that like that's what it became. Is let's find reaction like fans reactions and put them on tv so i think you know hey northwestern doesn't win a lot of games but you started a uh, he's now a grown he's now a a college student himself he was like a 10 or 11 year old kid when that happened um when my nephew when i introduced my nephew when i introduced my nephew to him my nephew said and i quote i'm a big fan (laughs) really yes that's tremendous to this kid who was he became the northwestern crying kid that's a well-known meme everyone has seen it it happened when we got the worst call in history a a missed goaltending call in that game against gonzaga i was crying too sitting in the stands they just didn't get a shot of me and i wasn't an 11 year old wearing a jersey known for there's like that there's like the villanova girl in the band yes the piccolo she's playing the piccolo Right, the crying, Cry- pickle, the crying pickle woman in the band. Like, yes, I guess the reality is in this day and age, when you go to a sporting event, like this could happen. Like you, you, you gotta you, keep your composure. There is some chance. Wasn't there a woman? <laughs> we just put it up there. And yeah, I mean, yeah, look what he's wearing. Oh, like, come on, dude. He's it, asking for it. It, it is. You it can't is a stand fairly, out. If yeah. you're, if you're, don't stand out. Yeah. And not only that, but like. 
the consolation of him seems a bit much, right? Like, like he's he's consoling her like like you know, she just had a death in the family. Like they're at a football game. I don't know. One way or another, I have no sympathy. Like, I mean, None. if he's lying to his girlfriend and all that kind of stuff, then he gets what he deserves. But it is one of the more remarkable stories we've come across. <laughs> one of the more remarkable tales of of just the world in which we live, circa 2022. All right, again, Hall of Fame voting today. We will have that covered a lot of different ways for you tomorrow, plus obviously plenty of football. We'll see you then. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.